0: hey guys Wfa and the kid here and today i will be sharing with you my wild card NFL predictions last week in week 18 I went 11 and five pretty all right way to end off the year nice record there and no different than what I do in all of my regular season weekly predictions I go and i highlight three games that were the biggest games in my opinion from the previous week so let's start off with that Number one, first game I had the Jaguars beating the Titans. And I predicted this one correctly. The Jaguars, by winning this game, they clinched their first playoff spot. And not a wild card, the division. They are hosting a playoff game, which is kind of foreign to them. The last time they did that was back in 2017. Yeah, so it'll be very interesting. The atmosphere was certainly... Very, very cool to see in Jacksonville. A lot of people had their Trevor Lawrence wigs, a lot of leopard print, Jaguar print, I should say. That the fans were rocking, and it'll be cool to see. In, the, in this game, the Titans had to use Dobbs, their third-string quarterback, and he didn't do that many things well. He had an alright first half, but the second half is when the Jaguars picked up the defensive intensity keyed in on stopping Derrick Henry and putting pressure on Dobbs, and that eventually paid off because they eventually recovered the Dobbs fumble, returned it to the house for the go-ahead touchdown, and that's what won them the game, their defense. The next game that I highlighted here was the Texans beating the Colts. This is the one of the three that didn't have playoff implications, but still very big implications And of course, what I'm talking about is the draft pick, the number one overall draft pick. All the Texans had to do to get number one overall draft pick, which they had in their possession for so many weeks, for for what felt like almost the entirety of the season. And now because they get this one meaningless win against the Colts, they lose it. It goes to the Chicago Bears. Congratulations to them. But this is not good. This is not good at all for Texans fans. The Bears could very well trade this pick. They have their QB. They have Fields. They could trade this to somebody else for who knows what. Who knows how much teams will value that number one draft pick. And the Texans might miss out on Bryce Young. That's the reality. I don't know why. Okay, I understand... You go run 4th down. Because you cannot try to lose games. They did this a couple times in the final drive. And it's complete. Okay. And then eventually you get into the end zone. Which is the last thing Texans fans. And probably a lot of people in the Texans organization. The last thing that they want to see. And instead of going for one. Which could have tied. And then you could have just not taken it too seriously in OT. You have to go for two points. Lovey Smith. You have to decide to go for two points. And win your team the game. Maybe he knew. That his time with the Texans was done. Maybe this was like. Just he wanted to go out with a win. He wanted to go out scoring the Texans. I don't know what it was. But that was the decision he made. He won the Texans the game. And now they don't own the number one pick anymore. So it's going to be a new head coach. For the Texans next year. And they have the number two pick at their disposal. Not number one. So very interesting implications that this game held, and yeah, it was very interesting. And the last game I highlighted was, of course, the one that the NFL put in primetime Sunday night, the Lions beating the Green Bay Packers. We knew how huge this was going to be. The Seahawks uh, made it a little bit less huge by winning their game against the Rams in the afternoon, meaning that the Lions were eliminated heading into this game, and they knew it. They knew it about an hour before kickoff that they had no playoff hopes. But this was still a meaningful game for them. This was still a meaningful game for Dan Campbell. This was still a meaningful game for every Detroit line. And they showed up. They played with tenacity. They played with grit. They played like they wanted to win the football game. They played like a playoff spot was on the line for them. And I know at the end of the day, they did not get to taste the sweet victory of clinching that spot but they got to go on the road and eliminate their arch rivals the Packers who have dominated that division for so many years and beaten the Lions year after year so I I know that is not as good as a playoff spot but it's it's still a good consolation prize for Lions fans and definitely a positive to take into the next season. You finish with a record above five hundred. clearly your young players are developing both offensively with players like Amon Ra and Hutchinson, who's in the running for Defensive Rookie of the Year, even though we all know Sauce has got that in the back. Anyway, I didn't get this one right. I thought that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers would find a way to do it. But it leaves the question, what is the future for Aaron Rodgers? Is he coming back? Is his tenure with Green Bay and possibly his career in the NFL done? Because he came out there, had... His own destiny in his hands. A win and you're in. And he couldn't capitalize. He had that one terrible interception. Towards the end of the game. And it just. It was a very mediocre performance from Aaron Rodgers. In a moment that the Packers. Really needed their veteran to step up. And the one difference between how. Last season ended. And this season ended for Green Bay. Because they both ended it with heartbreaking losses. In winter. They didn't even reach the playoffs this time. They finished with a losing record. They lost to the likes of the Commanders, the Lions two times, the Jets, the Giants who were all teams with much less experience than the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. So I well it's it is heartbreaking, but it's like even less that they accomplished this season than last. So there's no high note to go into the next season. like At least last year, there was clearly progress by the Packers getting to the playoffs, playing in these tough games. They didn't show that much intensity this year. Aaron Rodgers, I hate to say it, but he he looks washed. He does. And there's no denying that at this point, when you're finishing third in your division. So the future is uncertain in Green Bay. And That about wraps up what went on in Week 18. So now let's take a look what that means for the postseason. Uh, It's Wild Card Weekend. Fantastic time to be a football fan. Six playoff games packed into one weekend. Two will be on Saturday, three will be on Sunday, and one Monday night game on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, the two teams that are in the playoffs that won't be partaking in wildcard weekends are the two number one seeds. The Chiefs in the AFC and the Eagles in the NFC. We will be seeing those two next week in the Divisionals. Alright, now moving on to the first wildcard game Saturday afternoon. It is the Seahawks at the 49ers. The 49ers as the two seed are the heavy favorites going into this matchup. The Seahawks, it took the Lions beating the Packers and a gritty OT win against the Rams to even get them to the spot, to a playoff berth, and they are the seventh seed, the one that just barely made their way in. For the Niners, the story in the last month or so, well, month and a little bit more, has been Brock Purdy. He is undefeated, 13 touchdown passes versus only four interceptions. Fantastic numbers. And going into the year, all the 49ers fans were so excited for Trey Lance. But it's looking like the real gem of a young quarterback they had was Brock Purdy. The one who they picked all the way, late in the draft, is the guy. And he's been fantastic. The other side of the game for the Niners defense, that is not an issue. They are the best defensive team in this league. Fewest points in the NFL given up this year, only 277 across their 18 games. The Seahawks, going into this game, have struggled. Offensively, too. Geno Smith has not been his same old self, not as explosive as he was in the first couple of months of the season. Uh, throwing more interceptions as of late, had a couple in that game against the Rams. And these are bad throws. These are bad, bad decisions that Geno Smith is making at QB. And that is not what I want to be happening. When you have to go and play against a defense that is at the caliber that the Niners' defense is. It's very, very dangerous. They do have Kenny Walker, who has had a really, really nice rookie season. He has been the best running back by far. Because Brees Hall got hurt, maybe would have given him a run for his money. But he, he's been amazing. And I think he is maybe. Gives the, uh, the Seahawks. sorry A little bit of boosted hope. But still it's going to be tough sledding for them. Against this Niners defense. And that's why I have to go with the San Francisco 49ers. To win this game. And I don't think it's going to be close either. Because the Seahawks. If you're having trouble with the LA Rams. Who are eliminated. No Cooper Cup. No Aaron Donalds. And you have trouble with them, you need to get it to OT to win that game at home. It's not going to be pretty then, in my mind, going against the Niners on the road in playoff intensity. I just don't see them performing. I can't see them matching the Niners' intensity. So yeah, going to go with the Niners in that one. Then the night game that we have on Saturday is one that I will definitely be tuning into the 5th seed Chargers at the Jaguars, who are the 4th seed. This is an interesting matchup. Very interesting. I think this is probably going to be the closest game of the wild card round. The Jaguars, how they got here, I talked about it a little bit at the top of the podcast. They had their dramatic win against Tennessee at home. Trevor Lawrence didn't necessarily go crazy in that game against Tennessee, but he has been very, very good as of late. He has had career game after career game, putting up huge numbers, and what I find most impressive is all these guys that he has almost no experience with, these new people like Evan Ingram, Say Jones, he is finding all of them at a very high rate. These three receivers, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Say Jones, all three of them 750 plus Receiving yards this year. So if one of those guys is covered. By the defense. There's going to be another one. That he's going to find. He has, That has been his mantra. And. On the flip side. For the Chargers. It's another QB making his playoff debut. Justin Herbert. I really do like Justin Herbert. I am a fan of his. And it's going to be exciting to see him finally. Get playoff action. Last season for the Chargers, they were on pace to make the playoff. They were looking like a contender. And they crushing overtime loss to the Raiders on a last-second field goal is what ended their season last year. Different story this year, they managed to get the play- to the playoffs. And Justin Herbert has been playing his best football. He had a much better second half than first half. The first half of the season, he very early on suffered that Injury against the Kansas City Chiefs wasn't looking good. Had some questionable losses there, especially to the Jaguars and other teams. But it's been looking better. It has in these last several games. They did lose to the Broncos, but at that point they had clinched the 5-seed, resting people. And I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited to see who he's sucking up with, how Mike Williams is doing, Josh Palmer, the second-year guy, also a guy to keep an eye on. But Austin Eckler is the X-factor in this game for me. He is kind of an underrated running back. I don't know how he falls under the radar. but Because he is special. He is a very, very um, lethal weapon. And while the Jaguars' defense has looked good, I think that this Chargers offense is just a little bit too much for them. And I'm going to pick the Chargers to get this W on the road. The Chargers are the favorites in this game by one and a half points. And it should be interesting. The one thing that I do want to mention before moving to the Sunday games is the Jaguars home crowd. Wow, I am excited to see that again. Because they were rambunctious. Wow, they were on their feet the whole game against Tennessee. And I expect it to be the same kind of environment going into this week. I don't think there's going to be that many Chargers fans that make the cross-country trip. I'm sure there'll be some. And yeah, it should be a close game, like I said. But I have the Chargers just edging out the Jags. Now we move into the Sunday games. The first one is the seven-seeded Dolphins taking on the number two seed, the Buffalo Bills. The one thing I'll say about this game from the top, expect a blowout. I am expecting the Bills to absolutely thrash the Miami Dolphins. I just think there is a big big gap here in where the teams are at. The Dolphins were on the verge of squandering everything. Terrible and hideous five-game losing streak that saw them go from 8-3 and three to 8-8. Eight and eight, Which is just crazy. Kind of exactly what the Titans did to that derailed their season, similar. And it took a narrow, narrow victory against the Jets and the Bills beating the Patriots. Those two results last week To get them to the 7th seed. So I don't have much confidence about the Dolphins heading into this. Especially with no 2 at He's going to miss his 3rd consecutive game. 2nd concussion that he suffered of this year. Which is just terrible. I feel for him. I do. But his replacement. It's looking like it's going to be Skylar Thompson starting again. And he's played in, I think it's 7 games this year six or seven games that he's been a part of and in those games 534 passing yards one touchdown three interceptions that is atrocious that is atrocious I watched both of his performances against my New York Jets both last week and earlier in the season what I believe was week number five and he was terrible I mean some of these throws were just god-awful I mean Last week, there was balls that were floating in the air that got tipped or deflected and that found it was way to the receivers. And those were the big plays that he got. Very, very lucky that he didn't throw any interceptions against the Jets last week. (sighs) Just wow. He's averaging less than 100 passing yards a game. So I have very, very little confidence in the Dolphins' offense going into this week. And a complete opposite for the Bills. I love their offense. I love the way that they play, they pound you, and no matter what you do to combat it, they have a way around it because of their QB. Josh Allen. He is so versatile. First, he can run whenever he wants to. He could leave you in the dust, get these huge gains to the outside, even on 3rd and long. Don't think that a 3rd and 10 is a guaranteed passing situation, because I have seen him take off and easily get the 1st down. So there needs to be somebody covering him on Miami. And, of course, he has a great arm and great escapability. He is not an easy guy to sack. I know that the Dolphins do have good rushing defense, pretty good pass rushers. It's not easy to take Josh Allen down. And I can't see the Dolphins going into Bills Mafia Nation and beating the Bills. So I think the Bills are going to take this one in a rout. Then the next game up, the afternoon game on Sunday is the New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. In this game, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. <sighs> the Vikings are 13-4 and this season, which is a great record. All credit to them. But so many of those wins, I believe 11 of those wins, came in one-score games. Now, that's a good thing and a bad thing. It means that they have the inability to blow teams out even when it's a bad team it seems like well yeah I mean 11 out of 13 wins there has to be some bad teams they've in there they haven't blown out but on the other side they're very good in the clutch they're very good at keeping it close if it's a formidable opponent so there's two sides to that but they are nine games above 500 and look at this stat negative three point differential <laughs> that just goes to show you when they lose they lose They got decimated by the Cowboys, by the Packers this year, by the Eagles as well. But the first time that these two teams versed, the Giants hung around all game. All game, it was a close game, fun game to watch. And eventually, what ended the game was, as time expired, Greg Joseph hit a 61-yard field goal. Monster of a field goal. That probably would have been good for him north of 65, the way he kicked that football. So, the Giants proved that they could hang around with this team. And I think they will do that. I think they will make this a close game. I don't think the Vikings are going to blow this out of the water. And the one thing that the Vikings do need to do that they didn't really do in the first meeting is stop Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley had over 100 total yards in that game against the Vikings up in Minnesota. He had a touchdown. He is the one person on the Giants' offense that scares me. They do have Daniel Jones, who has been playing better, but he... I'm still not on the Daniel Jones train completely, I'm sorry. I know he's improved, and I know he's a solid QB, but I just don't think he has the talent that other quarterbacks have. For example, his counterpart this week, Kirk Cousins, I think is quite sizably a better QB than Danny Dimes. I'm sorry, you can hate on me all you want. But like I said, that is the goal for the Vikings. Stop Saquon. And on offense, just strut your stuff, Vikings. They are one of the best and most scary offensive teams in this league. They have Dalvin Cook, top five running back. Justin Jefferson, arguably the best receiver in football right now. They have TJ Hawkinson, who's arguably a top five tight end. There's so many different weapons that they could hit you with. And of course, Greg Joseph. If there's a big field goal on the line... He certainly seems capable of making those field goals. He's had a couple of game winners this year. So I'm going to take the Vikings in a close game at home. Then the final game of Sunday. It is an 8:15 start, I believe. The Ravens at the Bengals. This is a uh, the Ravens are the six seed, Bengals are the three seed. This is a matchup we've already seen two times this year. In the two meetings, it was a split series. The Bengals got their win just last week, at home against the Ravens, and it it was a game that the Bengals looked pretty comfortable in for the most part. The one thing that I'm sure Ravens fans are very annoyed by it, Lamar Jackson is the is the reason for the uh, the uh, uh, mix up my words. Lamar Jackson is the reason that the Ravens have fallen off. He's unlikely to play this weekend. I don't expect to see him whatsoever. I think they're just trying to delay who it's going to be to keep the Bengals on their toes a little bit. But with his knee injury, it's clearly an issue, and it's clearly still an issue. Otherwise, he would have been playing last week in a game that meant everything to the Ravens because they could have hosted this game as opposed to going on the road. So it's going to be either Anthony Brown or Huntley. Huntley is questionable, meaning that it's a possibility that we could see Anthony Brown again. He is undrafted and out of Oregon, I believe, University. Last weekend against the Bengals, he had 286 yards and two interceptions. Considering he really has little to no experience in the NFL, I think that's okay for his first start. And what I do like and have a little bit confidence in Anthony Brown is he just versed this team. He just went up against their defense, so he knows what it's like. And I think that's huge for a young quarterback to have just faced the team that you're going to be versing uh, versing again. Because he gets a little bit taste of what it's like, where he can exploit, what not to do, all that stuff. Then looking a little bit at what the Bengals have to offer, they're arguably the hottest team in football. They haven't lost since Halloween. Since week 8, that means a undefeated November, an undefeated December, and an undefeated start to January. And through all of this, Joe Burrow has definitely made his case that he is in contention for the MVP award. Jalen Hurts likely was going to run away with it if he didn't get injured. And I still think that Jalen Hurts has a good chance of getting it, but don't count Joe Burrow out just yet. I wouldn't. He We'll see what he does. Um, because he could also wind up leading the Bengals on this fairy tale run like he did last year. But just keeping it at one game at a time, I think the Bengals are going to go here and win by a pretty sizable amount. The Ravens do have a solid defense. They do. But Joe Burrow, as he showed last week, he knows his way around the Ravens' defense. <laughs> and I expect a big game from him, a big game from Jamar Chase. And a huge game from Joe Mixon. I really like Joe Mixon in this game. To have a a lot of rushing yards. Maybe over 100. And yeah. The one weakness that I do see of the Bengals is that O-line. Will the O-line be this team's kryptonite? We saw how much the O-line struggled last year in the playoffs. And even this year hasn't improved much. So that is the one thing. The one thing that I'd be a little bit scared of. Because all one All it takes is one, as we saw in his rookie year. One guy to burst through and take down Burrow. And all of a sudden, he's hurt. So they need to protect their QB. And as long as they do that, they should have a pretty easy win. Then, the final game of the wildcard round is Monday night. The fifth-seeded Cowboys are taking on the Buccaneers, who are the 4 seed. I was very hesitant to do this, but I am picking the four seed Buccaneers to get the upset win. The Buccaneers, despite having a losing record, are hosting a playoff game. We have seen this happen in years prior a little bit. Washington did it a couple of years back, and it's just very, very peculiar to see because the Bengals, the Bengals, the Buccaneers struggled. For a lot of this season. But when it mattered towards the end. Brady was able to guide this team towards wins. And he is a vet. That is what vets do. He is the best of the best. He is elite. He is the GOAT. <laughs> and I don't know what else to say. I think that Brady. In this in this situation. As he has done time and time again. Is going to lead the Buccaneers to win this game. Don't get me wrong. I think this is the tightest game you might see. Of the wild card in terms of picking a winner. So I don't think this is going to be a huge margin of victory. But what Brady does best. Is beating you. In these high intensity situations. His main guy Mike Evans. Recently had a monster game. North of 200 receiving yards. And 3 receiving touchdowns. Just incredible what he did. Against Carolina. That's the game that clinched the division for the Bucs. And I think he's going to have a huge game. I think that combination. Is going to be huge. And the Cowboys defense. Good luck with stopping that. Because they have fallen off mightily. They're averaging giving up 30 points. In the last four games. And they got embarrassed last Sunday. By Washington. 26-6. to Yes the Eagles did win the game. And it would have been irrelevant. If the Cowboys won. Concerning the number one seed. But they don't know that. The Cowboys are on the field playing a game. Against a rookie QB. In his first ever start. And they got torched. Sam Howell looked fine. I mean they the Cowboys gave him. All day to throw. And how about Dak Prescott. Dak was terrible. Let's look back at that one moment. In the commanders game. Where he had a pass that should have been picked. By Fuller. I'm pretty sure this is Fuller. I hope I'm not getting this wrong. And somehow he dropped it. The next play is the same exact throw to the same exact place, and this time Fuller doesn't miss. He gets it and returns it for an easy pick six. And it's been this type of foolishness for such a long time for Dak Prescott. He has thrown one or two interceptions in seven straight games. He is not taking care of the football, and that is why I am picking against the Cowboys in this game. It has just been downhill for a while now from Dak Prescott. And I don't see him getting back on track against the Buccaneers defense, which is a good defense, by all means. So that's why I'm picking the Buccaneers to win this game. And I'm sure that Tom Brady knows that this could be his final game in the NFL. He is well aware. And I don't think he wants this to be his last game. I think he's going to go out there and win and live to fight another day. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And it's going to be a very, very entertaining week of football to watch. I am WFAN the Kid. Thanks again.